0: We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Path 11 podcast today. My guest today is a repeat guest. I had her on three years ago, back in 2020, January it was. It was a January episode, episode 239, Corinne Grillo is back. So I originally interviewed her about her book, The Angel Experiment, which was so much fun, and I loved it. And she has a new book out called Angel Wealth Magic. She is also a Chicana and Puerto Rican mother, a licensed psychotherapist, visionary leader, inspirational speaker, and proprietor of the Casa Condor Retreat Center in Mount Shasta, California. Corinne offers online trainings in authentic spiritual leadership, Nature immersions, intuitive healing arts, and in person trainings. She has dedicated her life to sharing the life changing gifts she received while learning to work with the angels. And her new book is called, again, I'm going to show it to you guys. If we put the video up here, is Angel Wealth Magic Simple Steps to Hire the Divine and Unlock Your Miraculous Financial Flow. And who doesn't want more financial flow and abundance and to improve your relationship with abundance? And Corinne is going to talk to us about how we can do this. This is a two-part book, and I'm actually going to use it as one of my spiritual book clubs. So I'm really excited to talk to her about how I can maybe even use it more in depth with something like that. But she kind of has this beginning here. And then in the second part of the book, she gives us an 11-day experiment to do, basically creating ritual and magic to make those finances come in and flow. So Corinne, welcome back to the Path 11 podcast. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so glad that you're back again. I remember saying, hey, if you write another book, come back. You know, (laughs) you have a home here on Path 11. So (laughs) yeah, it's so sweet, April. Yeah, it's just so nice to be here. Yeah. And that, that was a really fun book, The Angel Experiment. And it kind of talked about your spiritual awakening and you know, I'll never forget your story of of what had happened. And I don't know if we're going to talk about that today because we do want to get through angel wealth magic and people could always listen to that. But one of the things that I don't think we talked about, and I haven't gone back to listen to our podcast, was a little bit of your background in magic. So I feel like I learned a little bit more about you. I don't know if you shared that in the Angel Experiment, but it was really cool to, to learn that and you giving some tips in this book, which I think are going to come in really handy in my life. So I thank you for that. And, and just to kind of give a little tease in, Corinne was in a place where she really needed to manifest money and was, you know, struggling a little bit here. And all of a sudden, $150,000 came. So I'd like to turn that over for her to tell you the story and probably what became the inspiration behind this book.
1: Right. Yeah, that was definitely the financial miracle that, that made me realize and spirit kind of guided me and said, yeah, you, you know, with that kind of magic, you don't keep it to yourself. You you know, share share the process with other people. So yeah, that's for sure. It's not generally something that, and I've had financial miracles before. And I, you know, I think like so many of us, we, we don't talk about money because it's kind of like taboo, especially in the spiritual community. But the angels really you know kind of asserted themselves here and said this is essentially like with this enthusiasm you know you're supposed to share and, and this miracle happened around the time during lockdown i reduced my hours a little bit because my kids were at home and i wanted to really be there for them i didn't know how to like you know make adjustments to my income to offset what i some of my losses for for that little chunk of my business And so, yeah, I I created this ritual, worked with spirit to kind of develop it and it worked significantly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and it wasn't it like, I think a loan had come in, right? Where you were able to get this loan and it was for this amount? Yeah. Well, I, okay. So I actually asked for
1: $200,000, the most ridiculous amount. I mean, for me, it's just like, okay, I know it's a lot, but this would really help me be able to focus, you know, on my family and, and also, just my own, like you know, mental health. A lot of us are kind of like, "What the heck is going on?" So, <laughs> so, 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 yeah. I forget your original question because I'm still kind of blown away. But yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it, it was about because I remember what, reading it, and it was you had mentioned that like I think the opportunity of a loan had come in in 150,000, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. dollars. So I was like yeah, like, yeah, the thing is is
1: that it, they made me an offer for, it and I don't re recall. I don't recall the process of asking for a loan. And I have never asked for a loan that high. So I I was not aware of a really, yeah, it was so mind blowing. Like my husband was like, because I was like, did you apply for this? Drew, 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 my business. He's like, no, I did it. And so we, we, I mean, it took us a while to recover emotionally. Mm -hmm. Because. I've seen so literally so many miracles, but I just consistently get my mind blown by how supportive, supported we can be. And I was not butthurt about the 50,000 that didn't come in because actually that, 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 that initial lump, and it was extremely low interest. I was able to kind of invest and actually make more than the 200,000. So over time, which I didn't talk about in the book, but. But yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. So of course I want to share um, that spirit supports us with everything that we need. And I think a lot of us think that, you know, finances are, you know, asking for finances is too greedy or it's not spiritual. And, you know, from my perspective and really from my experience, that's just not true. They've always supported me with, with my financial health. And, and, and my physical health, my emotional health, all, all of the things, all of the things, they don't make a separation between one thing or the other.
0: Right. You know, I, I remember hearing somebody say something to the effect of, you know, with the, the creator and how much the creator like literally creates everything and everything really is in abundance. Like if we look out in nature and it's always flowing, there's always stuff there. Why wouldn't we think that that same energy wouldn't be there for money? you know it's like we we get wrapped up in a really warped attitude about money and see it almost having like power like more power than it does and it's just like another energetic just just like nature you know it's really not separate but i think it's our belief systems and what we you know attach to money that can get it a little mixed up in our own minds and how that translates into our relationship with it oh uh, yes for sure it's all it's all
1: belief systems it's all you know different ways in which we have limited ourselves, and it's not really our fault. It's, it, it, we were kind of indoctrinated in, in a culture that that you know, good people you know don't you don't ask for money, quote unquote, or we just you know offer ever offer everything for free, and and you know, hopefully, sometime you know, and it's just like a, a fairly warped perspective, like you said, because it's also not our fault that we live in a capitalistic system that requires so much of us financially just in order to be able to sleep at night. So all of this, you know, as I was writing this book for others, because it was kind of like a slippery slope for me to write about money, you know, like it's not my first thing that I want to write about or that I thought I wanted to write about. But as I got into the content here and was channeling and working with the angels, they were just so specific that this is for heart centered folks. This is for people who generally wouldn't even think that they are capable of X amount or or like real authentic wealth to have more than what they actually need and also more to offer others, whether it's the causes that you most love and cherish or, you know, helping to feed children. I mean, we need economic power for to make really cool things happen in the world. That's not our fault. So if we're going to be in this game, we might as well learn how to play
0: it to its most max capacity. Yeah, I totally agree. And, it, you know, your book kind of made me think about, all right, well, what were some of the early messages that I got early on You know, and my grandmother, like I lived the majority of my life, you know, a lot with my grandmother, my mom and my grandmother, but my grandmother was also very much of a primary caretaker. And she lived through the Depression. So it was all about saving. And her famous quote was, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, when you're a teenager asking for money, money doesn't grow on trees. So I kind of really grew up with these beliefs that there was a lack of money. We didn't we never had enough. There wasn't enough. Where do you think it's coming from? And it wasn't until I was like in my mid-twenties that I was working with a therapist and I was really excited because I was getting ready to look for my new private practice location. But I was looking at these fixer uppers, you know, and like, oh, how can I make it beautiful? And, you know, they're really cheap, but, you know, I'm going to have to put some money into it. And she said, you know, you're kind of looking at the world with a lack mentality. What if you went and just found an office that was already beautiful and realized that you don't have to put all this hard work into it? and you just accept abundance. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I say to people, sometimes you don't remember 90% of what your therapist tells you, but like there's like 10% of seeds that they plant around you that you're always like, my therapist once said, and that changed my whole outlook on money and abundance. So I just wanted to kind of, you know, get your thoughts on maybe how those belief systems can really challenge our relationship with money. Yeah, the belief
1: systems, you know, the the ones that you can identify and also the ones that you don't even know are there because they've just become assumptions at this point. It's like invisible. And so, yes, it's a huge, huge part for me, you know, and the angels all, have always helped me extract my mind, my frame, my mental framework from the imprisonments that it that it was in and, and help me identify the actual prison bars and and kind of like look at them. And just you know eradicate them one at a time. But yeah, our, our belief systems are are very tricky, which is why when I wrote this book, I didn't just write down the ritual that I did, but I kind of reverse engineers. You know, when I'm coaching business professionals or or really kind of helping helping connect with folk at a, at a soul level and what's kind of interrupting their flow, it really is a process of looking into your shadow about about how you feel about things and really being a revolutionary inside of yourself to challenge the beliefs that you that you were either indoctrinated to believe by your family or you know a lot of us are born into a family and we just have this assumption that this is what it is like this like for me I grew up at you know both sides of my family both parents came from extreme poverty and we didn't grow up having a lot of of extra you know I I think I wrote in the book that in high school I lived in a place that you know it's was like it, so that <laughs> we were so poor we lived in an alley within an alley within an alley so 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 there's just certain assumptions that we can make based on our skin color, our gender, all of those things that, that limit us unconsciously. We don't know it until we actually take a look. So I have all those processes in the book to help you like put a magnifying glass to help you question and, and hopefully revolt against some of the limiting things that you, you accidentally are
0: believing that aren't really true. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. So let's get into the book a little bit here. So one of the things that I have highlighted was, as you can see, my little tabs. I got lots of tabs here. <laughs> but let's go to maybe it was early on on page 20 and it was Wealth Blockers. This was so funny. I yeah. love your sense of humor. Whatever. I said, Wealth Blockers are like invisible condoms that prevent your wealth seeds from spreading and taking root in even the most fertile soil. I'm like, well, if that's not a visual for you, I don't know what is. Yeah. So, I mean, this kind of, in you know, funny kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with these inherited belief systems about money. But, you know, you were talking about about them being the soil for your wealth garden. So you kind of have this metaphor that you're giving for wealth. So let's talk about these wealth blockers being like invisible condoms here. <laughs>
1: right, well. You know, we kind of hinted at it, some of these wealth blockers, and they come in a variety of different shapes and sizes. But if you just imagine that your unconscious mind is a garden and and that from everything that we experience in life, roots, you know, it comes from this garden and the seeds that have been planted along the way, either consciously or unconsciously. So I equate the wealth blockers, whether it's identified beliefs that you have or even even the perceived system that you're in, where you feel like it's so stuck against you, you can't move out. That's a lie. Or often it is, at least in the United States. It's a, There's always a way to hack the system. So the wealth blockers are these unconscious seeds that are planted already in our garden. And our task is to, like I said, identify them because those are like weeds in our garden. And so a lot of people have the right ideas about cash. Like they're like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to... But a lot of people end up working way harder than they should to make more money or they kind of run in places like two steps forward, three steps back. And that's a sign that your wealth garden is full of weeds, has some weeds. And we have to kind of slowly but surely walk through a process to weed the garden so that when we plant these wealth seeds, they actually flourish, they actually grow. But yeah, we have felt the two steps forward, three steps back. That's the invisible condom that I'm talking about, you know, you're trying to get out there, fertilize the world with your aw- <laughs> your awesomeness. It's hammer it's all over, all over with the wealth potential. But yeah, the, if you don't know the structure, that invisible membrane that's there, and it's not just there for wealth, it's there sometimes for love, it's there for, you know, different, different things. So if you find resistance, this consistent pushback, it's the unconscious mind generally that has to be addressed.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I kind of like what you said too earlier on and just now about how, like when you're in the helping or healing business, that sometimes we're almost shamed for making money for it. And when Mike and I, you know, the the other, my other business partner here through Pap 11 Productions, when we first, we made three documentaries on consciousness and we got that feedback from people. I can't believe you're charging for this. This information should be free. We've had people bootleg our films and put them up on YouTube, you know, and of course you got you know, go through YouTube, explain the copyright violation, you know, because people feel like this information should be free. But like people what what they don't think and account for, too, is like, well, how do you think this film came into existence? And how did we pay for gas traveling, you know, around the United States to be able to get these interviews? And how about our hotel rooms? And how about the fact that we both quit our jobs to make these films? (laughs) You know, it's like people don't really end the time and the effort of, you know, what it takes. And it's like, no, you shouldn't get paid for that. Yeah, well, we were like, yeah. yeah. The, the people are, that are complaining about that are people who
1: aren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not doing their soul's work. They're not doing creative work and, and the work that they're meant to do. It's like working a J-O-B. They're just, because once you actually dip into the field of creativity and you start really trying to serve, you do make those sacrifices that you're talking about. You quit your job. How else are we supposed to be funded for the really, really good work when people actually extract themselves from the status quo and start delivering amazing stuff like your documentaries. But yeah, people want to project their, their guilt and shame. And again, it's indoctrination. You know, if, if a doctor deserves to be paid for their time and energy, I mean, I can't even imagine the excessive amount of energy and time that it took for you guys to to create this, this series, right? This theory and... And yeah, so I, we get, I see that all the time, you know, even, even, you know, when I did one-on-one people would, or when I was doing a lot more one-on-one, you know, you shouldn't charge for God's work. You know, and I was like, no, I'm not charging for God's work. Let's get that straight because angels free, wealth free, but my time, not so much. And also my the processes that I'm creating and and opening up. And like I said, like I want to do this work full time. And I have done this work full time for about eight years. I can't do it if I'm not funded. I'm sorry. My I walk out there with a beggar's bowl. No one's gonna give me a dang thing. Because again, the system that we're in, not your fault,
0: not my fault. We have to work with what we got. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's see. Oh, 27, page 27, I had a question about this. Talk about the life you're living didn't happen by chance, it happened by choice. Before I go further, I wanna be clear that what happened to you when you were a child wasn't your choice or your fault. So you were kind of talking about like if you grew up in poverty or if you know money wasn't accessible to you that you know it didn't happen by chance, happened by choice. So I want to just challenge this a little bit because I've had, some people on my show introduced the concept of soul contracts, which would say that actually, well, no, this, this, this does kind of go by choice. Maybe this is what you meant. Because at first when I read this, I was like, well, don't we pre-plan, you know, what we, the life that we come into? Don't we get a chance to pick our parents? This, these are some other guests that I've had on that talked about soul contracts and that our consciousness before we come into the body we do kind of sit and say, all right, what do I want to learn in this lifetime? And maybe it is to, you know, have a better relationship with money. And maybe we, we pick some parents or situations on the soul level that will help us grow, you know, into that. So I just wanted to, I had a question mark soul contracts, like, you know, is it not that it's not our fault, but do we own the fact that maybe we have been co-creating a life that might have struggled with money, but it's for the soul evolution and that process. I mean, that's a
1: framework that people work with. What I'm attempting to do here and and trying to do is correct so much of the harm that's been caused by some of the new age spirituality, where everything is your fault. You get cancer, you signed up for that beforehand, Get, get through it. So this spiritual bypassing, I feel like that happens a lot. It's very shaming. And very, I'm just going to say it, it's like leftover from religious philosophies. Guilting and shaming people for their situation in life is not, is not ideal. So yeah, I do feel like, you know, in my case, I, I feel like I did sign up, but not everybody has to feel that way. And it's not necessarily the truth just because some people believe it. So what is the truth is that the, the lot that we were handed in life was not our fault. Let's just take that as a, let's just say it wasn't our fault then where's our responsibility in that? Because when you have adults in your life that are acting a fool, you know, I could totally see it from my perspective, but I see the blessing and the beauty and the bounty from the wisdom that I've gained from all of that. I can also see how it's quite wise if that's what I set up. But, you know, I almost died a few times and some of those people all do die. So I don't want to blame their death on their, on their, oh, it's your soul contract, right? It's rude and it's disrespectful to the families that are left behind disrespectful to all of our health conditions. So, so I'm just saying, uh, if we're adults, we do make choices along the way on how we're going to respond to those traumatic events. But anything that happens from age 18 and up, that is truly your responsibility. And also, we have things happen in our lives that are just events that happen at us, you know, like our, our partner's cheating on us, or we have a health condition, or a loved one has a health condition. And our, you know, we just run out of cash. Also, again, not our fault, but what we do about it, we keep our heart open. We continue to ask for spirit and we take certain steps, whatever steps we're guided to take in order to extract ourselves from those conditions. We also have the choice to choose how we're going to think about these moments. And if we're going to catastrophize even more, or if we're going to get the support that we need, to lift ourselves out of this funk. So yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah, I know it's, a, I, it's like walking a fine line for me between the soul contracts and also the reality. And again, I'm, I've gotten really more aware of some of the spiritual philosophies that have caused
0: more harm than good. Yeah, no, I think it's a great conversation to have. It. And you know, more and more, I would say in the past six months, I've heard, it was the first time I've heard, not this isn't the first time I've heard, but the terms spiritual bypassing you know has come up and I, I first heard it i was like oh what does that mean and I, you know and then i looked up a little bit more and i've been hearing it more and more in conversations over the past few months so i think it's a really great you know discussion to have and what i love with what you're saying is okay so what if there is a soul contract you know i think this choice also comes into the free will aspect that we have as well and whether we signed up for that or maybe that's what we thought or whether we believe it or not if we just come back to life taking 100% full responsibility for every emotion, every action. And we're not trying to blame it on our parents. We're not trying to blame it on the trauma that we have. You know, we're just really trying to make conscious choices on how do we want to be? How do we want to heal? It's kind of a it's more of a form of empowerment.
1: Yes, yes, that's that's the truth. Because when I started writing that that paragraph and working with spirit to to create that section of the book, you know, you know, I, you know, uh, magicians at, you know, as a, from a, from a magician's perspective, that is the, the number one thing we have to really understand is that 90% of where we stand in life as an adult has to do with significant choices that we've made or chosen not to make or buried our head on, under the sand and just didn't want to go down that hard road to actually make, make a different change. So, so yeah, it, <laughs> it 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 falls on us that's what i had to learn the hard way there's only so so long i could keep on pointing to my trauma my traumas as a child right like my mom dying and lots of abuse and all of this stuff and then i was like a drug addict i was doing all this, all the things but at this stage i have to look at okay yeah all of that is true and how do i kind of see it and not not let it ripple me right um, and and that goes with you know that you could do, you know, therapy. There's a variety of different ways where we can open our hearts, as opposed to continue to shut them down, so that we feel so lonely and not connected with with ourselves, with life, with the divine.
0: Yeah, love it. Okay, great. I'm so glad I we talked about that one. Yeah, no, thank All you right. for bringing that up. Thank you. Yeah, let's go a little bit more into the magic piece of this because this was so cool. My friends always say that I'm a little witchy, and I'm like Emma. I know I've never really practiced kind of like magic stuff, but you were like really encouraging me in some ways. I'm like, oh, yeah, this this kind of all makes sense. But I love some of these questions. You know, when you're when you're setting your intention for bringing money into your life, you really made me think about it in a different way. Because sometimes we'll sit here and we'll think, yeah, I know I could really use the money for this. Or wouldn't it be nice if I had five hundred thousand dollars and you know, I just worked when I wanted to, you know, and just kind of play with that fantasy a little bit where I wasn't feeling like, okay, I got to make sure I work this week to make sure that I, you know, can pay X, Y and Z. And you are talking about shifting your wealth reality. I'm on page 34. And you will first need a strong vision of what you want to manifest and how much and when you need it. And I had never thought like, oh, how much if I'm really going to ask for it? And you kind of talk about where you can play a little bit with you know, you could ask for a little bit and see what that feels like, or you can go for a big amount. But you really made me think like, okay, if I'm going to ask for this, like, how much do I want? When do I need it by? What are my plans for it? Instead of just this very lofty, overarching idea of, oh, I'd like to bring money into my life. So I really liked how you kind of made it a little more specific. So do you kind of want to talk a little bit about how to set your intention as, you know, we're kind of moving into some of the magic practice here?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's great to, it's like one thing to just desire something, but it helps the magic flow if you go full circuit with it. So I'd like X amount of dollars so that I can blah, 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 blah. Thank you, spirit. And the thing is, is that what I didn't say in the book is that it's really great to remember that and actually do it when you, if you receive the cash. So, so yeah, knowing what you want, it also helps you get your emotional body and your psychology on board. Otherwise it's just this, It'd be really nice if it stays in dream world and the more that we can just kind of embody it, witness it, envision it, bring it to the present moment of wow, how could I really use that cash? Like for me, I knew that I needed the cash to help support my family so that I could relax and really be attentive to the kids. It wasn't just it'd be really nice if it's like here's why and and then I can get on board and there's actually a process in the book, also that helps you not just know your why, but also your deeper whys. You know why, why, why it's important to to kind of connect at an emotional level. So magic works best when you're kind of fired up about it, and it doesn't mean in in just like a most pious, beautiful way. Sometimes your rage, you know, your rage is a big, powerful emotion that spirits like. Whoa, we see this girl. What's going on? Now? What's going on? What do you mean? We're here for. So for what I love about working with angels and, you know, with the relationship that I've cultivated and that I recommend, you know, for, for, for others is just to really be your full authentic self with spirit when you're asking for things. Um, and you know, say why this is like a, uh, this thing is really gross. This, this whole thing or this whole COVID thing was really, I need your help. i am lost. I don't know what, what we're going to do here and uh, yeah bring your full all of it to to spirit because they 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 respond to that and i feel like the the emotions are particularly peculiar for, for the spirit cuz they're like wow what's that real such a raging spectrum going on in there right yeah
0: yeah so there were two terms and i I'm, i might pronounce this wrong grimoire gramoire the journal a grimoire what grimoire, Yeah, okay. I don't know. (laughs) I'm I'm saying it phonetically here, but so I was like, "Oh, what's that?" And then when I got into it, I was like, "Oh, it sounds like a journal." But how is that a little bit? Is it is it the same thing, or is it a little bit different when your intention is working with magic and writing stuff down?
1: Well, first of all, again, a a lot of these words are just to help us get into the framework. (laughs) I was like, "Okay, we're we're doing some magic here." But yeah, very similar to journaling. It's just a grimoire If within the magical framework is kind of like, almost like a cauldron, I would say, where you put down your intentions, you write your recordings, whatever's happening for you. You can write special wishes, special dreams, but a lot of grimoire, like there's ancient grimoires that talk about the magician's experience and working with specific angels. And so, you know, you can look at these ancient magicians and what they've written and and uh, so it's just an opportunity for us to record our experiment with, with these wealth allies and, and with ourselves, you know, record what kind of resistances you might have. And also to write down like, well, okay, this is my resistance. Hey, angels or this angel, whatever, whichever one I, you might like that I give to you in the book. Hey, help me transmute this particular thought or feeling that I'm noticing I'm having. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. So the other term that was new to me, and i pronounced it wrong as well but i then i asked you how this was pronounced is a sigil 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 i see i did it the wrong way sigil (laughs) all right not a sigil i don't know what i want to say a sigil it doesn't mind call
1: it whatever you want okay (laughs)
0: all right so i don't know if you guys have ever heard of this before this was the first time that i have because i really haven't read like a lot of mythical books on magic or anything like that and my husband had and i was like gotta look at this thing have you heard of this And he said, oh, yeah. And I think I pronounced it sigil. And he's like, no, it's a sigil. And I was like, oh, okay." So here's this crazy story. Before I got Corinne's book, I, you know, have been painting lately. I've been experimenting with my creativity with painting. And partially because during a period of grief that I had three years ago, I was able, I kind of manifested some physical symptoms in my body and was taking a class and was able to move the energy of grief out of my body, improve my health and get it on a canvas. So now I've been painting ever since, right? So it's been really fun. I did this painting and I tried out watercolors for the first time. And I just go into like a channeling state, right? Deep meditative state. And I drew a couple of these things on there and they were so out of place. And there was a part of me when I stepped out of my, my kind of like channeled experience in painting. I'm like, that doesn't look right. I'm like, well, it's too late now. This is watercolor. It's not acrylic. I can't just like paint over this. And I was, I was like, okay, well, this is a little bit of lesson for me to look at something and feel uncomfortable with it, still love it and, and accept it and like be okay with it, right? So months go by, I get your book, I'm reading this, I download the paperwork, because this book, guys, is awesome. I mean, it comes with a workbook, and then you have the 11-day magic ritual that you can do, and so she gives you this sigil printout of these circles, and and I want you to kind of talk about what you do with these circles. And then when I saw this, I swear to God, Corinne, I almost fell over because this was a painting that I wasn't going to, I wasn't planning on keeping. I thought I was going to end up painting over it. And I'm going to show it to you and wait till you see what's in here. See, uh, where is it? Right in the center there? It <laughs> oh it, wow right and then there was one I tried to do it a second time over here and then the, the the watercolor just got all messed up but like from far away oh I was like oh my god I painted a side on it. and then I'm like I love this painting now and I have my own side but it mm-hmm. looks weird because like you have two rings I mean and these have three like this one has three but it almost looks identical of the handout of the sigil, and I was like, "This, I have a portal in my painting. I am, I am going to keep this and hang this up. And now, when I use your book, I'm gonna, you know, print this out for you know the people that sign up for it. They can create their own. But I was like, holy crap, I didn't even know that that was even a thing. And then I get your book and I read this and I relook at my painting and I'm like, oh my goodness, Isn't that cool." It's so cool.
1: I mean, and that's the thing is like a lot of us are very unconsciously, supremely competent in the arts of magic and, and mystical and the mystical arts in general. So it's just a matter of like, I feel can just catching up with ourselves. This stuff feels like when I talk to folks who go through the ritual, maybe haven't I'm never really done. And the rituals are really simple. I mean, I, I try to make it super user friendly. Like ten minutes, you're in, you're out, done. Five minutes, you're in, you're out, done. But a lot of people just feel like, God, this is just. It feels so natural. Like <laughs> It feels wonderful, and I feel it's because we are designed for these things. We, it's in our collective unconscious, and it brings incredible peace. Just. and and fun and party so congratulations you know what the heck you're a a
0: magician you got I must have been right or didn't know but it like right I was so blown away and and then now I've fallen in love with that painting so thank you and it really just that after reading your book it really showed me magic right like through that painting and not even understanding and then like here it is so can you explain what is a sigil and how do we use it And because this is kind of a part of you know the ritual and you know what you're going to be using, and it really helps to focus, kind of like an intention tool is the way that I look at it. So, can you just kind of give us a brief overview of what that is and how people can make their own or print out your printout and you know do that?
1: I mean, the option that I gave in the book, you know, I I gave everyone some blank sigils, and then I recommended if you're working with some of these specific angels, especially if you really want to work with them on your own, you could put their names in there and really use it as as like you're opening up a window. One of the images that sometimes comes to me is like being on a cruise ship and you know, the circular wind, you're like, you're okay, who's in here? Who's in here? Okay, this is the one I want to talk to. And so you speak through this glass here, this little window. Hey, can you help me with more confidence or help me be more magnetic or whatever it is? So yeah, different over, over the years, there, there's so many different ways to actually create the sigil. Um and anybody can kind of Google search it and how do I create my own digital? But I gave a really simple, simple approach to help is to help really focus and harness your attention and your energy. And that's something that especially if you kind of are dancing around all the time with your thoughts, having a visual thing really can help you anchor down and get really specific. So I walk people for, through a few steps on how to really super supercharging work with your to help. So some people use it. It's not a requirement that people do, but it's not, a lot of people do use them because it's like, well, you know, whatever whatever tools work best for each person. I try to give people enough to play with that's to right. find
0: a way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about just focusing your intention. And if that tool helps you to focus yeah, your enough. intention, you could probably just sit in meditation and think about your money intention and whatever that is. But this kind of you know we're physical beings, so we kind of like physical things to look at and to focus. So that's yeah. great. So hey, uh, I'll, I'll I was
1: the process that I outline in the book, a lot of people feel to, to work with the essentials. I, I write a specific I forget how many steps process. A lot of people feel major shifts after after just even sitting with the the image and walking through the four steps that they go through. You can feel a real
0: change in your energy system when you do it. yeah. yeah, I'm excited to do it. I have not started the eleven day experiment yet. My husband and I are going to do it together, but I wanted to talk to you first you know, just to, you know, fine tune a couple of things too. So one of my questions was, if this is 11 days, right? It's 11 day that we can do it. What happens if we miss one day? Do you go, do you have to go back to day one? I mean, is, is there an importance of having to do it every single day? And where did you come up with the 11 days? Is that significant too? Yeah.
1: Well, so for the 11 days, it just, to be honest, it just felt right. You know, I sat with spirit and asked, you know, what's a what's a good amount of days because it's not too long. It's not too short. And it's enough time for you to even like learn a lot and go through the process and get new inspirations. And because when we're in the magical operation of wealth attraction, all of these new inspirations and thoughts count as maybe some little pebbles on the road that our spirit team is feeding us. So 11 days is a really sweet, sweet amount of time. But yes, Spirit just said 11 days. And then what I did was I sat down and, re- and ask, asked which angels wanted to come through. And a lot of the angels that, that I used for this one were angels that I personally had to research for my own, for my own, own thing. And they're ancient traditional magical angels, and all of the angels' names are essentially a different code for the, the the name of god so 70 different 72 different names of god but i didn't use 72 i just used the ones that are known for to for wealth attraction and for abundance and for those kinds of things yeah
0: yeah because that was the other thing like some of these names you know familiar with like the major archangels and stuff like that but i was like who are these angels and where did she where did you get this from so you just answered that There was one that I liked that I figured I would bring out. Because as I was going through them, I kind of starred ones that I was like, okay, yeah, I think that this would be good because it's 54 and it's pronounced Ikika. Nitika. Nitika? Yes. Nitika. And I was thinking this just because with, with your loan story. And during COVID, you know, I had gotten a business loan. It was like one of the the economic disaster business loans, right? Not for that much, but I was like, you know, wouldn't it be great if I just Didn't have to pay that back. You know, it's not a grant. So it's like, okay, great. I got the money, but I still have to pay for it, you know, and make the monthly payments. Mine was low interest, too. And I was like, all right, so maybe I'm going to call upon this one because it was like, let's see, within one to two weeks, sometimes that, you know, your money manifestation can be delivered, you know, with financial requests. So I had put loan forgiveness on here. She or he or they is gentle and loving, yet extremely powerful. Atika can masterfully help you unlock quick cash, rediscover forgotten funds and attract resources. Uh, They can also help applications for loans run smoothly and can open the door for unexpected cash bonuses and windfalls to come my way. So I wasn't sure if this would be the right angel, but those payments are starting to come up now. I'm like, man, can I manifest something where they just say, okay, you know what? You don't need to pay us back. So I don't know if you had a different angel in mind, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, Natika is like so, so amazing. And technically there's a few in here that are not ultra traditional angels. Natika is one of those ones that they're considered an embodiment of of the virtues and one of the gentle really gentle but sweet spirits some people see natika also as an aspect of our own soul when it's illuminated with the wealth potential so there's a lot of different ways to to look at these beings but yeah my my first instinct from all people when you're reading this book is whichever ones jump out at you just go in that direction you know because for me too you know these these are these are beings and that I did had to do research too. So technically, I'm also still like learning other potencies because in the magical grimoires, the ancient ones, they give really minimum information. And so it's up to us as the conduits to kind of, okay, well, let's see how, how does this work? So, you know, go into, go into some kind of space and connect with Natika and say, hey, is this, you know, is He's this the
0: right one? Yeah. Can you, help, can you help me with this? And just, you know, follow your instincts there. Yeah, love it. Well, thank you. I mean, there's so many, too, that you give us, you know, in this book, and it looks like a lot of fun. I am, you know, now more confident to use it. And I'll let you know how it goes. And like I said, I want to do, so I, I run a spiritual self-help book club. And basically, I take a lot of the books that from the authors from our podcast and so I might even reconnect with you and say, hey, do you want to come back for a and a with the people that join? But I just I also need the accountability, you know, to follow through with the 11 days. And if I know I'm leading something like this and have to show up that for 11 days straight that I know that I will get it done. So I'm excited, excited for that. And people can find it if you just search for spiritual self-help book, Path 11. If you guys want to join, I don't have a date yet set for that, but maybe Corinne will, you know, help us along the way or come back for a QA and a if we have questions. But can you just, I guess, you know, close closing us out, can you let us know where people can find more information, where they can find the book and any other classes or fun things that you are doing now that we're not so restricted by COVID anymore that you would like to tell my listeners about?
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, if you're looking for the book or you want to see anything that I'm up to, you can find it on com, And on there, there is, if someone's really, if you guys are really curious or pulled to doing angel work in a more consistent and whole way. Every Sunday, I deliver a new audio that kind of checks into the pulse of the week for everyone. And this year, we're really working with claiming our identity as illuminated beings. And what does that even mean? Because Spirit is the one who guides these things. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be an interesting year. So, so so people are interested in like a weekly practice uh the inner sanctum you can find on my website too i think it's you know join the angel community or join our community and that's what they're talking about so if you find that you're having angel experiences or you feel called to angel work it's a really great container for that kind of stuff and see what else do i have i have all kinds of little things coming up but you can find them in the in the website and I also run some retreats so you can look and see if there's anything coming up or get on the wait list for some of those things and and I think that's it yeah you can find the book Barnes and Noble on Amazon obviously on my website and
0: just party down yeah and it's out now because I think when I had gotten a review copy the thing before it actually came out is it now officially out now yeah, it's been awesome out. okay yeah okay great wonderful so yeah get it guys do it with some friends if you want to do it in a group with me that would be great and we will put all of her links in the show notes so you guys can reach out and get some more angel magic there so Corinne always a pleasure to have you here on the podcast thank you so much for being a guest again and when you write your next book come on back <laughs> and and just thank you so much for opening my eyes to some things that I didn't know about Larry. Well, thank you all. And thank you all for listening. I hope you, you know, learned a little something today. And uh, let me know if you end up doing the 11-day ritual, how it turns out. I'd love to hear the stories and we can share them with Corinne maybe next time she's back on. So take care, everyone. Have a beautiful day. And I will talk to you all soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path 11 to start a seven-day free trial of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path 11 and be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Pap 11 tv today. Bye for now.